Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Donmar Warehouse podcast hosted by me, Donmar Associate Artist Prasanna Puanaraja. This podcast accompanies the short film Monuments, a Donmar local project exploring how the legacy of the British Empire continues to impact black, brown and multiracial young Londoners in the community. I'm here talking to Monuments director Sara Anika Malik and two of the company members, Omar and Alex. Sara is a theatre director making bold work about race and racial justice. She is the current resident assistant director at the Donmar, an associate director at the Watermill Theatre and a co-director of the Diversity School Initiative, a charity-run organisation promoting diversity in UK drama schools. She is a fervent believer in theatre's ability to create social change and strives to challenge which voices are heard or unheard through her work. Monuments is her first short film. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. I'm really, really thrilled to be hosting this. I want to do as little talking as possible because the film is extraordinary and I want to hear from you guys. Um, so first of all, Sarah, how did this come about? Where did the idea for Monuments come from? How did you manage to fold it into the work at the Donmar? So the idea for Monuments came about in reaction to the Black Lives Matter and anti-racism protests that we saw in the UK and the US over summer. And what was really interesting for me about those protests was how people were engaging or not engaging with statues and monuments and symbols of people who've engaged in colonialism and people who symbolise racism and oppression in some way. And to me, all these debates around statues, monuments, names of slave traders and buildings and streets named after these people was that we started to watch people reckon with their own histories of racism in their countries. And for the first time, for a lot of people, it was a really new concept for them. And what I noticed in the UK was that we don't really acknowledge our history of British Empire. We don't really talk about it. It's not taught in schools. And the issue with that is it's not really therefore fallen. We haven't really actually fully decolonized. Um, so the film argues that the British Empire hasn't fully fallen and that we are all still psychologically colonised. And that figures in that the everyday lives of black and brown multiracial people who suffer everyday racisms, microaggressions. And the film tries to imagine what it would feel like to break out of that and to feel the liberation and the freedom and the release from that everyday oppression. Torturous pain it can feel like sometimes, but we try to imagine what it can feel like to break out of it. Can you talk a little bit about the starting points for the film and the idea and how you developed the idea, first of all, before the company formed? It was interesting because we actually had to have lots of ideas at the ready before we met our young people. The idea started off really simply. I took the idea of statues to Mike Longhurst and I said, this is really interesting. It's symbolic. It's laid. It's meaningful. It's nuanced. What do we do with it? Um, lots of ideas were banded around. And then finally, I got really interested in the process of how bronze statues are made. And that's really where the whole visual imagery of the film has come about. So I nerded out a little bit and went on the British Museum website and looked up how bronze statues are made, because most of these statues we saw toppled were bronze statues. And the process was really interesting because you have a mould that's made out of porcelain, so this beautiful white, bright porcelain mould and the molten bronze is poured into it, and then it dries and solidifies. And the porcelain is then washed off with really um, high-powered jet water. And just the imagery in this video that I watched of seeing 
this white melting away through something so powerful and beautiful and pure as water and revealing the bronze underneath, which was kind of dark brown. The colour imagery of that meant to me washing away, whitewashing and psychological oppression and colonization and I'm seeing Alex and Omar nodding their heads and that to me feels like we've hit on something right there and and poignant and it also occurred to me that these statues are kind of dark brown in hue and they're always most of the time memorializing white people and they're probably closer in skin tone to black and brown people and the, the demographic we had in our rehearsal room. I thought that color symbolism was fascinating and provoking and and really hit me personally and that's kind of how the film took off and that idea had formed before we even met our young people and then we invited them into the process and then to be honest everything changed and we had conversations with people and Alex and Omar amongst other people were talking about everyday experiences and then the film became a reflection of of their experiences we came from quite a historical perspective and then you talk to you talk to our company members and you realise it's all a lot more personal than how we were talking about it. So Alex, um, I'm just looking at you. So let me just ask you, um, how did this come about for you? And like, what made you wanted to get involved in it? And when you did get involved in it, what was the process like? I was told about it in school from my teacher. And she like told it to us, like how it was very selective and exclusive, which is what I liked about it. Because she told us like about drama um, experiments to do frequently, like weekly, but nothing really like sparked the interest. Like, okay, cool, yeah. But this in our class, there's like eight people of color altogether, and so it's it felt very exclusive, like directly pointed towards us. Like it wasn't something you could just brush off. Like it felt aimed, you know. Like there's a reason this has been told to you. And I feel like, especially at the moment of time when it happened, because it was like near enough September-ish. And so it was still like near the peak of all the protests and everything. Everyone's adrenaline was still very high. And so I feel like everyone still wanted to make a change. You want to make an impact. Like you just feel as though you can do more. And like when an opportunity is given, you want to take it. Omar, how did you how did you find out about the project? Um, so how I found out about the project was the same thing as Alex, where um, it was from my college. And it was like my teacher, Carol, she was saying, oh, Omar, you know, if you're interested, uh, we've got this sort of um, thing at Domino Warehouse. And I already knew about Domino Warehouse before because I did. I was in, <laughs> I was in a play um, called Assembly um, at Domino Warehouse. And I was thinking, okay, why not be greedy and do this one as well? I didn't think of anything. I didn't think it would be a problem at all. So I like applied and then they were saying about a speech. And then when I read about what it was about, I was very intrigued because it's the first time I heard anything to do with my own race and for people of my colour or ethnic group or background to be getting involved into this. I was like, ooh, what's this about? You know, I was thinking, okay. I'm seeing everyone there coming. I was like, ooh, we're going to get some dancing or, you know, like everyone vibing and everything. I was like, ooh, is this a musical? I was so, I was not like sure what this was going to be like. And yeah, then I applied and then, ooh, I was getting excited. So I was thinking, ooh, what's this? <laughs> and then you met Sarah and she covered you in play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is. Oh, so not a musical then, <laughs> yeah. not a musical. Yeah, you know, okay. <laughs> let me do some dark movements, you know, like robot movements, you know, that's like, ooh, yeah, okay. So how did you guys develop the idea with Sarah? 
how did those early sessions go? Like, what were you, how were you working? How it was, was like, we all worked as a group first. So we all just came up with ideas because we already had our um, speeches of what we wanted to put out towards um, the audience. Because the question was like, oh, what is it that we want to, the audience to understand about us? And we all had our own ideas and we just came up with different scenarios that has happened in our lives, being in our country and just being ourselves and having our experiences of racism or things that have happened to us over the time of being around in England. And then we sort of were looking at monuments that were connected to like people who a lot of people don't realise are actually are not good people. It's only they're good because of like war or what they've done to save the British Empire. And so how would you describe it as a piece of work, Alex and Omar? I mean, how would you describe it to friends, family? What would you say to them? I would say it's something to like remember of stuff that's happened to us in the past, but not always as a negative aspect. Like when we're doing history or something, like yes, there are negative parts, but we need to realize we we're stronger, and we don't have to constantly like even in the film the cast. I feel like the cast is on us today, and we need to realize we're stronger than that cast. We don't need to be still and except staying in it because it's not right for us and I feel like it's so normalized in our heads like this is how it's meant to be and I think the film really shows a different perspective of like if we really put the effort in we constantly fight like don't give up there will be a change and change is coming well said well said can I ask you a question about something that you said there about a cast can you say more about that um the white cast like Omer's putting in the film we went into like multiple aspects of what it can mean to us. Like we were speaking about the whitewashing of how like it takes off our, our melanin, like the skin colour. It shows our whitewashing as we grew up. And like we were speaking about how most of us all had a time where we wanted to be white. And I hate how that's so normal, you know? Or we'd speak about how the cast was uncomfortable. It's not freeing. It's not us. It's It's fabricated, you know? Can you say anything about the conversations that you had about skin in the process? So when we started this, we all had like different materials to figure out what would best like cover our skin, right? And so we looked at what would make our skin duller, like less complimentary because it really gave off like what whitewashing was to us. It wasn't embracing, it wasn't beautiful like our skin, you know? And so I feel like going through it, it really made us recognise like how beautiful our skin is, how elegant it is. Like not everyone has it and we need to be happy with it, not find it, not see it as something which is ugly. I don't know about you guys. I've been on a journey with that personally. You know, I mean, as you just said there, Alex, there's it's such a frequent thing, isn't it, that um, people of colour at some point in their lives, wished that they were white. And um, did you discuss that kind of space, that psychological space? What kinds of discussions did you have about that? Omar, you're nodding away. Yeah, we did discuss about how it affects, especially the youth. I feel that we we hide a lot of the pain that we are, we don't even notice that we're not expressing out towards our um, elders and towards even our parents. I feel that with the parents, 
they protect the children from knowing that pain that they have psychologically going through them through their everyday um, lives going to work and just like literally just being themselves out on the street and that sort of psychological thinking of what they have when even us youth go out on the street they don't know if we're safe they don't know if we are going to be okay and I feel that there's not enough of counselling and um, help in understanding how to handle that pain um, because we're so used to keeping everything inside our heads everything inside of how people view us and how we think people are going to view us that we don't realise that it's affecting a lot of people and it's, it's bringing a cycle that we don't want. And I feel that if we focus on the youth as well with their mental health and how um, they're viewing everything in the world today, I think everything will be much more easier. I think that's really insightful. There's um, transgenerational trauma, isn't there? It kind of passes through generations through the act of protection as much as through the act of expression and um, that protection can be about silence. I've just um, directed a film in Northern Ireland. It's a very different landscape, but um, communities hold historic traumas generationally in, in a similar way. So can you say, what can you say about filming? I'm really intrigued by by it as a piece of filmmaking. I think it's really beautiful. It's beautifully shot. The movement is gorgeous. What can you say about the actual process, like the shoot days, the rehearsals? How did you feel? How did it go? The whole um, actual like process of us getting down ideas, like that was like the first thing when I get to, was like getting to know people and getting to see um, many different like ideas and like what they've been going through. And it was just nice. Like this is the first time we met each other and we just clicked. That was the first thing where I knew that this was going to be amazing, amazing movie. Like we all just clicked and understood each other. It was like we was family already. And we just had that bond of like understanding and it was like a safe space as well because no one was being mean to anyone. Everyone was helping each other if they were like going through something or if something was difficult for them. We would all help out including Sarah to like bring them to the side and speak to them if they're going through anything or like we will talk to them if they want to talk to us and we felt very unified and we were just all together on everything. Brilliant. And um, Alex, what was the filming like? Um, I wasn't there for filming because a couple of days before I was in contact with someone who got COVID. No. But the rehearsal, I will never forget it. I remember like the very first day walking in. Funny enough, Sarah and Omar were the very first two people I ever met. They were the first two people yeah. there. And we walked in and there was like no awkward tension whatsoever. It was just happy vibes. Like there was no awkward conversation like, hey, this is my name. <laughs> like it was, we were already joking from like, what, me and each other in five minutes. Like the vibe was already set, the atmosphere was good, the energy immaculate. It was never like a dull day. And like, even when we couldn't see each other in person and we had to be on Zoom during rehearsals, like the energy was still there. People were still turning up. People still had the effort. And I feel like when your environment has the energy, like you want to have energy and it has a positive feeling for everyone. And I think that made like rehearsals so much easier to get along with people, to work harder, to do more. So we filmed our film, which is about six and a half minutes, just in two days. Um, so all of the abstract sequences featuring the clay was done on the first day and then everything that was externally shot in Parliament Square was on the second day. 
Um, so there were quite a few time constraints we were working against when we were outside. We were relying on the sunlight, which was setting at about three o'clock. And then the dinging of Westminster Abbey bell going off every 15 minutes. So there was quite a lot of uh, things working against us. Tier four changed in the middle of our shooting schedule. So suddenly everyone had to be really, really strict, which we were being before, of course, with COVID restrictions. But it was really incredible, actually, to see all of those conversations actually coming to life on screen and on camera for the first time. And I actually hadn't seen our young people perform full throttle before. So it was amazing. The first time I got to see... Junior was the first person we filmed on that Saturday morning. The first time we got to see him on the monitor, I remember everyone in the room just suddenly went, oh my God, this is our film, because we hadn't seen it before. With theatre, you're rehearsing, you see kind of what it's going to be like on stage. And I was really used to that. With film, you don't get it until you're in the moment, and then suddenly it's happened and you have to move on and, and just hope that you've got everything in the can. And then you get to editing and you go, oh no, I forgot this really important thing. And we have to shout out Femi, who is our brilliant DOP, who just brought the most incredible level of talent and skill and kindness to the shoot. And it's the reason why the film is so beautiful visually. So thank you, Femi. I think it is a beautiful film to look at. I, I think it is Femi. I think it's also the people in it. I think that there is, uh, you know, any cinematographer would say that it's what you shoot that gives you the, the heart and the soul and the beauty and, uh, you know, if uh, Femi was here, I'm sure we'd get a kind of sense of how lucky, you know, for a cinematographer to be able to shoot that kind of imagery. I think it's what really wonderful. Prasanna, can I ask you a question? How did you experience the film? I actually didn't know anything about the project until I watched it. So I experienced it as a very fresh pair of eyes. And I immediately knew what space it was questioning. And it was direct and eloquent and kind of deft, I thought, in how it asked its questions. It um, it allowed the viewer to experience something poetic, I think. And through that poetry, there was an expression of the bigger question at the heart of it. It's like the opposite of sitting in a history lesson. There's like an invitation to have an emotional response to it rather than a head response. And I think that, you know, increasingly, I think that's really the only response worth really fighting for, you know. So, yeah, I thought it was an incredible film. I loved it. and I, I loved the energy that it brought and the, and it, the way that it connects. Like I, I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what people think of it. Audiences who are new to theatre, audiences who maybe don't, ask these questions about a national heritage i want to i want to know what that conversation is going to be mm. i think emotional response is really key it's something that we spoke about in rehearsals was the idea that we aren't given space to react to things openly when we are experiencing a microaggression or something a little bit more obvious than that and so that's why we have those play sequences because it actually gives you the opportunity to stop and reflect and go this terrible quote-unquote small thing has just happened to me and it feels quite big and quite painful I don't really know how to how to react to it. I don't know how to respond I don't know how to process and I have to seem on the outside like everything is okay but on the inside I'm a tornado of emotions and I don't know what to do about it hopefully it allows allows people to start doing that a bit more openly 
Thanks for letting me fish for compliments, though, Prasanna. <laughs> well, you know, we're in a pandemic. You've got to get them where you can. Yeah. Um, uh, so let me ask you this then. So what has happened to your kind of sense of London in working on this project? Oh, it has changed. It has changed. When I went, when we were all going down to the Parliament Square, and I, I, this is the first time I actually visited, like, where Big Ben was and everything. I actually, this is the first time I've been there. And when I just felt the aura, it just felt like, you know, when you're going to swim, but you're scared. Well, I'm scared of swimming sometimes. And, like, especially when I don't have, like, my equipment. Um, it's just that sort of aura where, like, someone's watching you. And it's like, it's like you have to stay still. If you move, you you could die or something. It's just that sort of fear that we, like, all had. That It, it was crazy. I thought the actual statues were going to move and get me. That's how crazy it was. Like, the aura was, ooh, yeah. <laughs> so you'd never been to that bit of London before? No, I haven't. And that's the thing. I haven't been there before. And already I'm feeling that sort of pressure that I'm being watched and I shouldn't be there. Like, I felt like I didn't belong in that area it was it was weird it just felt like the statues were watching me the aura that they were giving off was like very negative I don't know it was it was uncomfortable it was it's not our London that's the thing is that there are two Londons there's one for the people and there's one for the leaders and that is very much the leaders London so us standing there as a group of 10 to 12 young black and brown people just standing in a circle talking and pointing at the Churchill statue warranted two or three different guards to come up to us and ask us what we were doing. On top of the filming day as well, at least four or five different police, pairs of police officers asked us what we were doing because it probably is scary to watch a a a brown woman with a camera and pointing at people and saying, stand over here and now look up at the Churchill statue. It's probably scary. But I think if they're scared, then we're probably doing something right. I remember our journey there. We didn't see one statue. Mm. We didn't see five statues. We didn't see 10 statues. We we stopped counting at 14. 14. On a 10, 15 minute journey with multiple people interrupting us and trying to speak to us. So what is the new monument? If it isn't about statues, what what is what is a young Londoner's... Like you two guys are like in your own way... And I say this as a person who is not jingoistic at all, but you two are patriots. You care about your people. You know what I mean? You care about young people around you and you don't particularly take a view on their denomination or their heritage or anything else. You just want to take everyone with you. And that for me is a very beautiful act of patriotism in its own way. What is a new monument for young Londoners? You know, you pull something down, what do you put there that then speaks with a new voice? Wow. Yeah, that's that's a question I need to think for a bit because, yeah, that's... Yeah. Somewhere, like, we can see ourselves in. Yeah. I hope that, you know, although it's something different, I was just thinking, ooh, that would be nice if, like, I was a statue, you know, <laughs> just standing there, you know, pointing, saying, you know, like, you know, just there, like, saying, yes, you know, we're all king and queens, I just have my own slogan, you know, saying, you got this, and then, boom, stick to your own dreams or something. I don't know. But, like, I feel that it's just something that youth just love. I feel like it's just something that like we should all just love. I don't even think it just, should just be for youth. I think it's for everyone that is comfortable. They have to knock it down. They have to graffiti on it or anything like that. Oh, actually, you know, I feel like it should be food. 
I think like food, some type of food that everyone likes. I don't know. I just feel like if we just had a statue of like um like some type of food or dish, I feel like people would love it. You know, I feel like that would actually be royalty that that food. So Omar's gonna <laughs> go for a pick and mix stand uh, Ooh, in yes. Parliament Ooh, Square that's that, um, <laughs> that no one can use because of coronavirus. Um, how about you, Alex? What's your new London monument? It definitely wouldn't be someone I feel like in the past, just because I feel like they're all in the past and it reminds us for no reason. Like you're dead, it's time to move on, get out of here. You know, you 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 have no <laughs> there's no need for your presence anymore. It, I don't know. Um I don't know if I would have to go with the food. I can't think of a person exactly. It'd have to be someone like everyone can see themselves in. Something that is kind of reflective, a sort of, you know. Like something that everyone can look at and see a piece of themselves in. I don't know. I mean, I think we're more in need of objects like that or artworks like that or statements like that than ever, you know. Look, I think, I mean, I just think everyone needs to see this film, basically. Um, What do you hope for as a response to it? I just hope that when this film goes out, and it reached to people. I, I just want them to have the idea. I want them to realise that it's going to be a bit of seed at first. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're not going to be sure about it. It's going to taste a bit a bit and stuff. And then as you peel the layers from watching it, you've got that sweet sensation that hits you like a shock. And it's like, boom. You're like, ooh. And it's like all tantalising in your, in your tongue. And you just sense all of the flavours. And it's a, a sweet sensation that you just can't have enough of. And I just want the film to be like that for everyone. Trust me, you guys will love it. That yeah. should have been our trailer right there. That should have been the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, you know what? Yeah. How about you, Alex? <laughs> um, I want it to be inspiring to people who can reconcile with the emotions in the film, you know? Like, I want them to realise where they are right now and what the potential they have for themselves. And I feel like, White people, I want them to take, listen, like, especially for the clay bit, it hurts, okay? Listen to us, stop brushing it off, stop saying our emotions are invalid. Listen, you're not, like, you're not perfect. We're not expecting you to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes on this journey. And it's going to be a hard journey, but you're going to make mistakes. You're going to learn from them. And I want you to teach other people and stop. We're humans too. Stop making us seem as though we're making this a big deal or we're not understanding. Like, mm-hmm. listen, understand and teach others. I mean, I, I think I'd put those three phrases up in neon and that would be my statue. Listen, understand, teach others. Boom. Well, look, I think we should wrap it up. But thanks so much for your generosity and for talking to us and, you know, for a really beautiful film. Congratulations. <laughs> So that was me, Prasanna Puanaraja, talking to Monuments Director Sara Anika Malik and company members Omar and Alex about some of the topics explored in this Donmar local project. Monuments is available to watch now at youtube.com forward slash Donmar Warehouse. Thank you for listening. Stay well. This episode was edited by Hannah Hethmon and Julia Letts for Better Lemon Creative Audio.